What's up, everybody? This is Big Pep, and I'm just so excited because this has been incredible. This has been a journey. People are really loving this podcast. I love this podcast. I love having Quan as my co-host. It's been so cool just to have friends in our lives just come and chat. You know, you guys have seen how much fun we've been having. We also You also see how inspiring just people in your lives can be, and that's a big reason why I started this podcast is because there's so many inspiring people within my circle and probably within your circle as well. Everybody has a story. And like I said earlier, everyone has a story. We're just here helping them get it out there. So we appreciate you guys. We, we appreciate the love and always keep watching, keep listening. And if you have any comments or if you have any, you know, reviews, send it our way. We read everything. All right, guys. So for the Rat Pack, you guys already know who this is. But for the people who don't, let me introduce Mr. Justin Fleischer. So a little quick summary about him. In his in his episode, we talk about many things from growing up in New Hampshire to even living in the Dominican Republic to being bilingual. He learned how to speak Spanish. He talks about becoming a manager in the music world first to be becoming a videographer, to becoming a photographer, to eventually doing a full length documentary next to a couple of our buddies from our team. And he did it for who nonetheless for logic. His story is remarkable. And also too he talks about his, how he met his incredible wife, Kendra, and how he's now a husband, a loving father of two. And as of, couple months ago a co-manager of logic enjoy the show yeah yeah it's pep talk you already know uh, the show is about to start let's uh. go <laughs> such a weird transition Yo, are you rolling the camera? Oh, I'm supposed to wait for the song now? Yeah. Are you rolling? What's up, everybody? This is Pep Talk. You got myself, Big Pep. You got my co-star, Mr. Juan Ramirez. And you have, let me introduce this man the right way. Some people call him J-Fly. Some people call him the basketball god. Some people call him the husband of Kendra. Some people call him the father of Layla. And is it a... Ezra, give it up for Mr. <laughs> Justin Fleischer. I see, I see you're getting acquainted with your buttons. Hey Amen. It's about time. We're learning. We're, we, <laughs> by the time, by the, by the time this comes out, it should be like episode eight, nine, ten. So I should be at least somewhat uh, used to it, right? Oh no, I'm great, man. No, so what's going on? How are you? I've been listening to every episode. It's, it's really coming along. I'm really proud of you. Proud of the movement. Everything's sounding really good. Very interesting, captivating characters. Happy to be <laughs> here. Um, I just want to make sure before we get started, is everything is the cameras rolling? Because I got something to show you. All right, one time for the culture. Oh, one time, one for, time the for the culture. culture. What's, What's going on? Play play. Wait a minute. Oh, my. Oh, oh no. That. Oh, yeah. Bitch, no. I'm 50 cents. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm laughing. Now we're good. All right, I'm ready to go. 
Damn, you've been waiting for that all oh, day. My fault. Huh? I just want to make sure you saw who's on the back. Yeah. Marcus was dying Mark. in that hoodie waiting for this moment. Yeah, I've been sweating my ass <laughs> off for like so for two the, hours. For the people that are only listening and not watching the video, so Mr. Justin knows how much I hate the Celtics, and he just took off his sweater, and he's wearing the Boston Celtics number 36 jersey, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, the heart and the soul. Uh, Marcus yeah. Smart, the heart and the soul. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I, I got I got to give you respect, man. The fact that you decided to come into a house full of Lakers and uh, wear it, I respect it. Any, nu- any Nuggets fans here? Uh, no. Okay, so I don't that. care about basketball enough. Cool. To be cool. a Nuggets, I guess fan. you're not on the basketball talk later. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I will not be. Boom. Happy to be here. I'm glad. So, what's going on, man? What's new? What's, what's new in your life? Man, life is beautiful. I'm exhausted. Working hard. No, just doing doing everything, doing too much, doing doing everything I can. Happy to be here. Um, to be a little bit more specific, uh, back in L.A. Back in ripping L.A. and running on the ground. What were you at for the past year? I was in Utah. Damn, in Utah. So let me get this straight. Growing up, and uh, we were just talking about it earlier in the kitchen. New Hampshire, New York, the Bay, Calabasas, Utah. Back in LA, yeah. am I wrong? Am I right? Yeah, that's 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 pretty much like the main places I've lived. But I would also throw uh, Washington D.C. in there. I was there for four years during college, and I throw DR in there because I was there a couple times, like throughout my education. Did a couple study abroads out in uh, the Dominican Republic, and that's another thing we were talking about in the, in the kitchen was that I feel like you're a native of, of the Dominican Republic, right? You were uh, explain the story. You were telling me earlier that. <clears throat> Early in your childhood, you would go out there, and then was it in high school you went out there more just for study abroad, or am I, am I wrong? No, so the first time I ever went out there was was high school. Um, I did a study abroad during high school um, mm-hmm. for about seven weeks, and it changed my life forever. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a huge turning point. I feel like that's when I, uh, I became a man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but but how how so? No, just because like I got exposed to a different culture. Mm. I learned a lot of Spanish. Um, I found like I experienced like true joy for the first time, like absolute euphoria. Like it felt like home. It felt like an incredible, um, an incredibly good fit for me in terms of uh, the vibes. What this was, was the, this was in the DR, right? Yes. How'd you get there? How? Yeah. Why was, would you go there? No, it was just study abroad. It was a study abroad. So like my high school had a program, like an, a cultural exchange, like a. Okay. a they would um, exchange stu- program. Yeah, an exchange program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So students from Dominican Republic would come to our high school, and then we would send a group every year. Oh, and I cool. stayed with a homestay family and um, took took classes out there and did community service out there and just chilled. Like kicked it in the Comado. I don't know what you know. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like like an outdoor like bar where you just sit in a white plastic chair and sip Presidente, which is like this delicious pilsner. The most crispy. You talking about beer? But I was fifteen, mm-hmm. I was so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if like, yeah, but hey, that's how I learned Spanish, man. I get little tips, and, and then just, just start shooting the shit. shit with start, the start flapping the lips. Get a little tips. Start flapping the lips. <laughs> I'm a word. <laughs> Great word to play. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We could get into that too. Whenever you're ready, just we'll, throw we'll on get, a beat. We'll get throw there. on a beat. We'll get there. <laughs> my my question is is uh. Did you motivate yourself to go out there at an early age or was that your parents? No, it was my sister. So my sister did a study abroad um, to Mexico when she was only 16. I was 12. I saw her go. 
it was an 11th month 11 month exchange out to um to mexico uh through the rotary club i don't know if you're familiar you probably heard about it but yeah she did that and i was like damn that, she, i saw how it affected her and how much fun she had and we even visited her out there when she was in mexico and i, I was like i want to do something like that so she she inspired me for sure but my parents also you know they they encouraged Cultural exploration, travel, like I met your parents. They're very woke. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. If woke, I, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, they're just oh, they they encourage you know, they culture they diversity. Encur- exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. They always encourage us to challenge ourselves and get out of our comfort zone, out of our bubble, and, and see new things. And thank, thank you, guys, mom and dad, for that. Yeah, I, m- I remember yeah. we were eating. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, we were eating sushi at the sushi bar in. The Dominican Republic, and your dad was talking to me. And I had no idea that he was a was a psychologist or therapist. therapist yeah, so he was. Um, he was a he was both of those things, like a psychologist, a therapist. He was also a professor of psychology and education. So, yeah. Was, and then your mom's an artist, right? Yes, my mother's a visual artist. She does she does printmaking, lithograph, uh, lithographs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, stencil. Like she she. She's an incredible artist, ericaradix.com. Oh, I like yeah. that plug. Yeah. Plug it. Yeah. It's clean. Yeah, thanks, man. You can just find it in the description. <laughs> Link below. <laughs> Link so, in bio. Link in bio. Um, now, after that, you, you know, traveling, being culturally diverse. Did music play a big part in your life? Yeah, man. I mean, um, so ever since I was a kid, so I grew up in New Hampshire, it was an extremely... I want to say, what's the word? Is it homogenous? When it's, I don't even know what that means. If you, no, if you're gonna say, you gotta explain it. No, there's a there's a word for a place that's like very like everyone's very similar. Like it's mostly just white people. So New Hampshire is a very suburbs. culturally non-diverse place. So, but it's not even the suburbs. It's beyond suburbs. It's like rural. Okay. So it's like, and um, that was like interesting for me. I never felt like I loved growing up there. Like I had a lot of incredible opportunities in terms of like sports and safety and, you know, beautiful nature and all that. But it was like low key, a little boring. And then also like, um, I always kind of like was like looking for something else. So, uh, through music, I was exposed to other cultures. Like I was always into like rap music since a very, very young age. Um, was that, was that awkward around like, your people or your boys or anything growing up or did everybody was everybody no, into hip-hop like, i would say like when i was starting to like get into music like around 95 96 that's when like like when i was like uh like 12 you know around 96 like that's when like rap was starting to really become part of like pop culture so it wasn't that weird but yeah i mean like where i'm from i would say People do kind of like frown on that and stuff. So, but it was never, there was never like an, like an incident or anything where I had to like, but like at our dances, our middle school dances or whatever, yeah. like it would be, they would play rap and stuff. But I was really into early on, like C, like CNC Music Factory had like the cassette tape, Sister Act 2 soundtrack, Ooh, like yes. the Fuji's score, like um, those literally like Heavy D, um, Fresh Prince. Those were all my first like cassette tapes. That's how old I am and washed I am. <laughs> like I was like, listening nah, you're to wise, you're wise, you're wise. Oh, thanks, mm. thanks. Nah, but yeah. <laughs> so you, you asked me like what music, like music. Um, yo, it's funny because rookie's actually calling me right now. Hey, um, should we call? Should we answer? Um, you're not a connected. Hold on, like, can you, yo, rookie? 
Yo, Ruck. Yo, speak up, bro. That ain't working because you're not connected to the Bluetooth. Uh, say less. Dang, you just ruined part Yo, of the. Yo, uh... Ruck. Hello. Okay, y'all oh, hear that? I do. Yeah. It's cooking. Hey, you on? You on pep talk? Yeah, what do you have to say to the world, bro? 100,000 people listening. <laughs> oh, I think he hung up on me. Dang. Damn. With the quick <laughs> the word. Bye. He got shook. he got shook. It's all good. Um, but yeah, music was everything, man. Yeah, what about sports? I've always loved sports, man. I I played sports. Um, played Baseball was the first game. My dad's like a huge baseball nut. And, uh, you know, he grew up down the street from uh, Ebbets Field with the Brooklyn Dodgers play. Like, he saw, like, Jackie Robinson play and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. he always put me on to baseball since I was, like, six years old. Um, so I played baseball since the the day I was born. And um, and then I played soccer. And, um, and then I started getting into sports, the Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics. Um, where I'm from, New Hampshire. That's like our teams, like the Celtic, like the Boston teams, because that's the closest city to where we're from. Like it's called New England. It's like yeah. a, it's a mm-hmm. six, six or seven state region. Yeah. So it's like that's all we got. It's like religion out there. No, trust me. I, I was just there for my uh, my mini moon and literally being in Boston and, and being at Fenway Park. It's like you said, it's a religion. Yeah, it's so yeah. people like they got they don't have much else going on, so it was like that's the main ass yeah. thing, man. And uh, early on, like during your childhood, did you get into photography as well? Yeah, it's funny. Like, like my one of my best, like actually my very best friend since I know since I was six months old. He had like a handy cam, and we used to make movies. Um, and his dad would like edit them slight for us, and that was like my first kind of like messing around with that kind of stuff. And then later on. I got into photography a little bit, and then um, in high school, I took a class in digital video, and I made a few more movies, but I never, like, during my childhood and during high school, I never thought it was going to be, like, my career or anything. What What was your, uh, your, your career goal back in adolescence? Did you... Were you going to be a rapper? Are you going to be an NBA no, player? I thought I wanted to be a baseball player. Baseball player. And then when I got to high school and I started, like... I got really into reading and I would read like nonfiction books about like social justice. And I got really interested in the idea of becoming like political activist or like mm. a, a teacher even. And that's what I went on to do actually after college. I was a teacher because I like thought that that was the way to kind of like help heal the um, society and stuff. Yeah. Where'd you end up going to, where'd you end up uh, teaching at? So after college, like, Immediately after college, I started teaching summer school in New York City. I joined like this this uh, program called the New York City Teaching Fellows, and um, <clears throat> it's like I don't know if you ever heard of like Teach for America, but mm-hmm. it's like Teach for America, but for New York City public schools very specifically. Um, and I taught in Uptown Manhattan, and then I went on to teach in the Upper West Side of Manhattan for like four years, and um, man. I ended up teaching in total for six years. I was like a English teacher. I was in I was in charge of in school suspension, and I was basketball coach. Those are my main jobs. How was your How was your uh, basketball record? It's funny you should ask that. It's one of the highlights of my life, man. <laughs> Two thousand and seven, District Three champions, Manhattan. 
Uh-huh. Middle school. Uh, champs, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. I can find it in the record books. I can look it up online. Maybe, maybe it's up, in there. Look it up, man. All right. Please do. I will. Now, it did help that I had like a <laughs> six foot five seventh grader by the name of Elijah Davis, who pretty much just did whatever he wanted. So I can't like give it to my, I can't give the credit to my coaching <laughs> abilities. Like this kid was just yeah, yeah. dominant. He was like, a, he was six foot five and he was our point guard. He was like handling the ball. He was pretty much the only one really touching the ball too much. But <laughs> we got the chip, man. I don't know what to tell you. It was incredible. It was an incredible feeling. It was really fun. I love basketball, man. I don't know if you could tell. I could tell. You're wearing, the, you're wearing that amazing jersey inside of this household. So it is what it is. So What are you going to do about it? A whole lot so, of nothing at this moment. I'm, I'm more scared right of Otis now. than I am of you. So. I know. That guy is a, a big boy. He's a big boy. So when you get out of when when I feel like when you become a teacher, right? You know, you made your choice to be to, to that's your career choice. I feel like some people stay as a teacher to get, you know, the long term what's the word? Uh when you're tenure. A tenure, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The benefits from it. Yeah, and all yeah. that. Yeah. When did you decide to jump ship? Because I know you own also a media company as well. And then you got into uh, videography, photography. What made you decide to say, I'm transitioning from teaching to now getting into like the film, not the film, but like the media world? Yeah. So like I didn't own that company. I didn't do anything with media like before I left teaching. So I left it with no other prospects. I left it because a friend of mine told me that he was starting a record company and he asked me to come help him out. What was it called? It was called Frankenstein Media. Does it still exist? No. So here's <laughs> one of my best one of my best <laughs> it's one of my best friends from high school, Isaiah. Um he Oh he was he's yeah, he's a producer and he was working with a battle rapper named Iron Solomon who was trying to make the transition from being a battle rapper to like a recording artist. So if anyone knows, like, there's a whole stigma around battle rappers. Like, it's hard for them to make that leap. But, like, we, we were trying to take on the challenge. And he, and Isaiah was like, he, he thought he could see me come in and help on the business side of things. Like, handling press, handling uh, behind the scenes visuals, handling logistics, negotiating contracts, etc. So, I was like, damn, that sounds fucking exciting, man. Like, that sounds thrilling. I hate my job. Like, I loved the kids. I loved working in the schools in terms of, like, interacting with these kids and coaching basketball and, like... Making a difference. Yeah, and, of like, course. it was fun. But the actual job in terms of, like, waking up at 6 o'clock and, like, um, like being on this regimented schedule and and the actual... um, What's it called? Like, uh, like everything was about the test, Pep. Like, and yeah, you know that because yeah. you worked in oh, schools okay, too. Yeah, yeah. Everything was about the test. So it was, it was like, and, and, and I, you know what? Yes. I find that quite, bull, quite bullshit because you see these kids struggling and, and, and fulfilling, like they're learning, they're learning, learning, but there's, it's not that like the test, there's actually research that shows that there's people who can't perform under pressure. Right. Yeah. There's people who, when it comes to, like me, when it came to test, I would get D's and F's and C's because I just would feel overly just like, anxious and but yet yeah. i did the work i studied i did the 20 hours it's like it was bullshit it's absolutely bullshit because even like the standardized testing is even more bullshit yeah no and and it's not education it's like not. yeah you know like um i gotta i gotta acknowledge my own like fucking privilege because when i was coming up 
the way I was taught was like we would actually read a book together and like discuss it and like we would like read a whole book as a class. Now it's like you read like a paragraph and then you have to figure out like A, B, C, or D. Like was this paragraph about this main idea? It's like that's not education. Education is like actually like intellectually dissecting like learning from what each a other book and, was yeah. about and like discussing it and like it's just now it's just like this it's just teaching in the test so that was like one of the main reasons why i wanted to leave teaching and like isaiah dangled that opportunity in front of me and i just went for it i was like i at the same exact time as he was offering me that i was um being offered a new position at another school to be like a dean of a, a dean of school culture at this like charter school in brooklyn and they were offering me like 72k a year and like my parents were like, are you nuts? Like, you have to take that. And I was like, because Isaiah's job was offering me absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like, maybe like a commission off what he, he was going to make. And he wasn't, like, looking to make that much because he's still transitioning. But I went for it. And then, like, three, four months later, they started giving me $500 a month. And then at the same time, they were giving me, like, side gigs to work with um, the Battle Rappers, like, labor company. So I was, like, unloading trucks and, like, setting up events and, like, making, like, whatever, like, $18 an hour or something. But it's just, like, it was worth it to me because I was actually doing something I really, like, loved and was excited by. Yeah. And I was young enough where I could take that risk. Iron Solomon decided, like, not to continue to pursue being a recording artist. But I, 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 like connected with everybody that we we had been working with and and started working as a videographer so like one of the main relationships we had was with through sorry was with this uh this blogger named al lindstrom and he gave me a gig as like static selectors like uh videographer so i was filming all the freestyles up at that show up at sirius xm uh shade 45 um and then also i was like through that i met like joey badass's manager uh, uh johnny shipes and i started working with um, cinematic music group doing stuff for Joey Badass, Big Crit, Smoke Dizza, uh, the Smokers Club, and then that's how I eventually worked up to doing like interviews for Al Lindstrom with like everybody from Kendrick, Absol, Schoolboy Q, Rick Ross, like all these people, uh, Nipsey Hussle, Wiz Khalifa in the back of an SUV was smoking my ass out. Like <laughs> all these crazy things were going on. And then, and then I got the gig at hot new hip hop, but there was like, wow. that, there was that, I, I don't want to just like completely like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, that was like, cause that's how I like honed my skills as a videographer. Cause remember when I first came in with Iron Solomon, I was just doing business, but like part of the business was filming him. Yeah. And that's how mm-hmm. I realized I was like, had, I had a skill in that. And then, and then right now you just mentioned status select and status select. For the people who don't know, that's where you met Logic for the first time because that's when Logic came in and he did a freestyle for Status Select, correct? Yeah, so technically I met him up at Hot New Hip Hop. So he he came up with Six mm-hmm. um, to the Hot New Hip Hop offices before they were really fully built out. He played Under Pressure for us like in the spring of 2014. Before I, came, I think it came out in the fall of 2014. Mm-hmm. He played it for us. I did a slight interview with him. And then later that night, he did Static. So I saw him like twice that same day. Yeah. And um, and he did a whole crazy freestyle. And like I connected with him. And um, and then later, when I got fired from Hot New Hip Hop, I like hit up every contact I had before they deleted my email address. 
And one of them was Logic's manager, Harrison. And I was like, I'm moving on. Not that I got fired. I said, I'm moving on from Hot New Hip Hop. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, it's like anybody who needs anything, I got you. He's like, within five minutes. This is the most legendary story. Harrison, God bless you. Within five minutes, he says, you want to go on tour with Logic? I said, yep. Boom. Shout out. Shout out, Harry. Harry. Yeah. Harry the God. Harry the God. So, so, so it was February 2016. The Incredible True Story Tour. I go out and that's when shit really turned up. Yeah. Man. That's when shit really changed because I was still technically a freelancer, you know, but like it, it was a really good fit. Just mm-hmm. like Dominican Republic was a good fit for me when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, like in 2016, like going on tour with Logic was like a really good fit. I just, like, I had a lot in common with everybody in the squad. I was, like, at the point in my career where I was, like, doing really good work. So I was, like, filming all these uh, Just Another Day vlogs. And um, it felt right. Yeah. felt really good. And, like, you know, I just got along really well with Logic, most importantly. And we just started making a lot of dope shit. The fans were loving it. The movement was growing. When um, did some music videos. <laughs> Sorry. How how do you uh how do you feel when in 2017 he asked you and Mike Holland to direct and uh, film his documentary for the Everybody album, which ended up being humongous. Obviously, that album was number one on the charts, and also if you bought the album, you ended up getting the documentary as well. Yeah, the deluxe, the, the deluxe, yeah. the deluxe on iTunes had the the 47 minute documentary about the making of everybody how long did that doc take you man that was like that was the biggest project that ever i've actually still to this day this is the biggest project i'd ever done i took me you know we started in the fall of 2017 Mm -hmm. finished in the spring of 2018 um for a solid six months probably spent three four months shooting it and at least two months editing it and I edited it like at his house, like with him over my shoulder, like giving him drafts and him cutting shit out and adding shit. And then we like go and like film like him like conducting an orchestra and we'd add that in. And like it just became a big, massive thing. And the dopest part about it is we we debuted it at the Wiltern. Wiltern. Mm-hmm. Sold out Wiltern. Was that, was, was that 4,500? So crazy. Yeah. Pandemonium, man. It was. You were there? I was not there. Ah, man. No. That, that was actually my first feel like you always that was actually my first uh my first job like on the job security with 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 yeah just been put on right actually i heard that i heard that in one of your in one of your podcast episodes i think it was yeah i I think it must have been uh with jordan's but yeah wild so So wild so surreal now you've been you've been surreal all the time (laughs) sat pack can you like press? Well, thank you. Yeah, I, needed a I needed a button for that one. I was like, sad pack. So real. So you've been you've been working with Logic yeah, for six yeah. years now, right? Six, seven years. Two thousand and sixteen till now, five years, right? Yeah. But was wait was the Tits tour in twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. Okay, so five years, man. Huh? Yeah. What's what's been your all uh, coming up on six? Because in the spring yeah. of twenty two, it'll be. Six. What's been uh? Yeah. What's been your your highest, like your 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 best point, your best. What the fuck am I trying to say? Uh, <laughs> your uh, best achievement so yeah. far out of the past five years, like type shit. Pep, in, in August, 
In August, uh, Logic asked me to be his co-manager. Really? Oh. Yeah. Damn. Let's go. That's new. That's news to both of us. Yeah, that's 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 the bit. That's been the high point, man. Damn. That's, that's like it makes me feel very like uh, uh, validated, respected. Yeah. You know, blessed and like yeah, it's a big job. Really excited for the opportunity. That's a huge deal, especially because yeah. we know how how hard of a worker you are and how low you are to the team. So that's salute to you. Thank you, bro. But yeah, I like. I feel like that's a culmination of a lot, just because, like you said, just putting in a lot of hard work and like. Um, you know, I didn't always necessarily think I was going to be like a on the business side of things. I always thought I was going to be more of the creative involved, yeah. but the, it just naturally progressed to this point. And I like feel really like it's like again a really good fit. You know, I'm like uh, really excited to just kill it. Obviously, I still have a lot of proving myself to do like in that realm because I'm new to it, but um, totally determined to do that. Do you so now? Do you still do like photography and videography as like as just like a, like a hobby or a passion? Yeah. Or do you still no? I actually like I have like a. I have a video, uh, like a media company, like mm-hmm. you said. So, like, I, I have that on the side. And then I have um, my hobby of, like, shooting film photography. I'm always doing that, like, yeah. whenever possible. And it's just, like, constantly snapping uh, little little flicks, like, with the um, with the uh, Fuji or whatever it is, you know. And um, But my main primary focus is managing. Oh, uh, yeah. And logic and eventually taking on other artists to manage as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Is that... Always something you wanted to get into, or was photography the main goal? What was the main goal for you from from whatever age that you decided to start a career of some sort, or did you not yo, really have any direction? Yo, it's so weird you say that. It's really the, like the last thing you said. Like, it's not that I didn't have direction, but I've always like been kind of like this in this position where I like to like let the game come to me. Yeah, like in the sense that like I don't force anything. Like I have like I I, I know what I like to do. And I try to do it as much as possible, but I also like like to see where I fit in and like fall back and sort of just like let it happen. Like I don't I don't force it, you know. Right. And like uh, that's how like my creative opportunities come about, my business opportunities come about. It's just like, but it's never been like I am going to do this and then I do it. It's like right. kind of just like let it flow, let it happen. Like, and I feel like it's a balance of the two. Like people should set goals for themselves and. But but also not force things. For sure, I feel like once you're you, for you, <laughs> for you once you've been in a position or like you've been given a title, you always kill it, whatever it may be. So I feel like that's that's how you've achieved Thanks, what bro. you have now. Yeah, just I mean, just, I think it comes from like my my dad and my mom, like just teaching me to work hard, man. Just just work hard no matter what you're doing. Like if you're washing a car, if you're loading a truck, if you're teaching a kid, if you're managing an artist, if you're shooting a a photograph just work hard like yeah. do do it the right way uh measure once cut measure twice measure cut once uh, there's there's an expression there is an expression yeah there is but yeah just work hard man be a good person <laughs> <laughs> that's literally like when people dm me they're like how do you do it i'm just like work hard and be a good person yeah it's not it's not that deep it's like when uh persistence meets good luck like persistence culture shout out persistence culture shout out persistence culture <laughs> shout out made west shout out the best, cul- <laughs> the best culture i, said. I love how, i love how you uh put that in there so yo shout out persistence culture no, this podcast right. is actually sponsored by persistence culture media group best media group mm-hmm. in the county but also best gym in the county if you guys are ever around town the 805 in turk county please check out their gym Moving on to bigger and better things. Justin, peep this. I'm going to put this on because you and I know what this is. Nice harp. 
It is. So I'm a new I'm I'm a newly married man. You've been a married man. You have two kids now. And what's crazy about it is what people don't know is somehow you were an exchange student and went to Dominican Republic, right? And then over the years you would go back and forth. You had like a like almost like a like a second family out there. Correct. And then you end up meeting your wife who is Dominican Republic. Where'd you meet her? Not in Dominican Republic, but in New York. How'd you meet her? On Tinder. Shout out Tinder. This podcast is brought to you by Tinder. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not that much of a coincidence. Uh, There are a lot of Dominican people in New York. Um, But yeah, it is. It's such a coincidence, bro. How are you going to say, yeah. Okay, yeah, but like, you know, I just saw a beautiful girl. I hit that super like. It was like the first day super like came out. And I hit that super like and... I got connect, and she had to see me. That's how Super Like works. For those of you unfamiliar with the Tinder platform, when you click Super Like, they have to see you. It's not like you wait for the match to happen. She saw me. She she liked me back. We talked for like three weeks on Tinder. I like finally got her number. Then we went on like ten dates, and then like. You know, like the magic. You know, it's so much magic. Excuse me. You're like ten like, days, and then the magic, and then the magic. Your torture. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, and oh. then we had two kids. Shout out Kendra. She's the greatest person ever. She's the no, sweetest. She, she's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, she's the sweetest no. person I ever met. Yeah. I agree. Wow. Fuck yeah. Fucking shout out Kendra Incredible person Working so hard She's pursuing that MBA Yo let's talk about her education Every time I talk to her She's like Oh I just graduated Oh I'm going to SC Oh I'm going going I'm I'm doing Amazon Oh like so She's a grinder That's why we get along She she gets it She she goes for it Um, She's pursuing her MBA At USC right now On a full scholarship She is A boss Let's go That's amazing bro Dope as fuck So Love that girl. I love it. Now, nowadays, having being Logic's co-manager, running a business, being a husband, being a, a father or two. What's your biggest fear nowadays? Oh, Pep, man. I would say like the last thing you talked about with the father too. It's like I just want to make sure these kids, they they like Layla and Ezra, my my daughter, my son. I just want them to have the best life possible man mm-hmm. so it's not it's not a fear it's just like i just feel this urgency to to just give them everything man. yeah you know so it's not a fear i i don't live in fear like in dune what they say like fear is the mind killer yeah you know it's just like i try i try to avoid fear i mean but obviously it's natural like there's you know you're scared of like losing your job you're scared of like running out of money you're scared of um natural disasters, climate catastrophes. But like you can't let that stop you from grinding. You can't let that stop you from providing and um and pursuing what you love. So, you know, I I do I do have fears, man, but my main thing is just focusing on what I truly want in life, which is to provide an incredible life for my my family and to, you know, find find fulfillment in what in what I'm doing. Ever since I've known you, I, I feel like you've been a positive person. Where do you think that positivity comes from? I think I'd say my my parents, my my pops in particular. He he subscribes to like this this sort of like philosophy of like just it's like um, it's almost like Buddhist, like not being like you know attached to outcomes and like like I'm I'm trying to like sum it up in a very like succinct way, but basically like. 
my dad always just taught me to just be in the moment. Live in not, the moment. Yeah, not yeah. think too much about the future, worry too much about the past, but just be where you are, focus on your present. And um, I think that's what, yeah. Ga- I think uh, Gandhi said it best. Gandhi yeah. said, uh, you can't live in the past, you can't dwell in the future, yeah. all you can do is live in the now. Yeah, and that I think that's where positivity comes from. Because if you, if you look at like right now in this room, I'm I'm surrounded by two of my best friends. Mm-hmm. I just, I've got a belly full of Topper's Pizza. You know, shout out Ventura County. I got like you know I'm I got a you know sports going on in the background. Like a, you know, there's a beer. Right? Like it's a beautiful moment. Like everything, natural light coming through a sunroof. It's just like if you actually take a second and take inventory of what's around you, you'll find that there's like it's beautiful things. But if you worry about like oh that bill coming up yeah, at the well, end of the month, or if you worry about oh shit I fucked up with my with my friend, like I, I talks too much shit. It's like that's when you start to fester in negativity. And and to be honest, man, um, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, it 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 all sounds you know like beautiful clouds and fucking a great a great time. But it, it's tough. It's tough to like you said. I'm I'm gonna say it in layman's terms. Think with the gla- think with the glass half full, yeah. because you're right. Because most people, you know, like I know I can speak for myself. It's like, yeah, I try. It's very hard to live in the moment or try to live in the moment when you're thinking about the next car payment, the next bill, the next, the next, uh, you know, whatever, you know. And it's just like, man. But you're right. The people who are who who are most grateful and live in the moment and think with the glass half full, yeah. you you can see it, you can feel it. And you're right. I can see it with you. So, nah, kudos to you, man. Um, and to you. I feel, I feel like you're on the same shit, man. You, you've you learned to really recognize what's important, you know, in life. And, uh, yeah, ever since we we started first kicking it, man, I always found you to be very, like, motivating presence in my life. I appreciate that. But yeah. the first time I met you, I didn't like you. You know that, right? No, and I still don't like you, yeah. but I still find you to be, like, a motivating <laughs> presence in my life. Like, you know, like, it's mostly just the Lakers thing. Yeah, it is. It's big yeah. time. Because the first time I met you, because Jordan's like, Jordan was like, oh, you, you once you meet Justin, you, you'll like him because he's a lot like you. And I was like, the fuck you mean? There's only one big pep. But anyways, I go and I meet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I go and I go and I meet oh. I go and I meet Justin at, at Whiskey Wednesdays at Logic's house, and I'm like, "What's up? What's up, man?" He's like, "Oh, what's up?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, I heard you're a Celtic fan." He's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "I'm a Laker guy." And then we just had this crazy stare down. Yeah. And what's even more, what's even funnier about that is back in that day, you had the luscious, incredible. Oh yeah, locks. Your, locks, your, yeah. your hair was down to your butt. That's right. Now you have a nice little, you know, let's just call it like a three. Two, you know, nice little, you can little comb over type ish. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and I'm the one in the ponytail. So. Okay, yeah, it's I'm wild. It, bro. I can't, it's wild. Can't, can't fight, can't fight for all the time. Juan. Went from the ball god to the bald god. But I like, oh, from the ball god to the bald. <laughs> well, no, nah, my boy, my boy Alex Chichamar is the bald god. Oh. I don't know if you met him yet, but you uh, know, yeah, he was at your wedding. You'd love that, bro. Yeah, that guy's hilarious. Um. Let, let, let us ask a couple questions and then we'll let you go after this. So no, question number one is pretty easy. Here we go. So are we going to do the game with like the shots? Or what's up? You trying to do that? Oh. I mean, I, what's up, man? Oh, let me not, let me not fuck up the format, man. Nah, let me not fuck up. This is your show. I'm just, no, nah, we're going to ask, we're going to ask these three questions. Then we're going to get straight to the shots. Always trying to direct. The video. <laughs> oh, here we go. Always in the videos. Always trying to, um, the three, the three, uh, the three normal questions that I always ask is number one: What are three pieces of advice that you would give somebody 
trying to get to your level. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Nah, <laughs> I, I, so I dropped them earlier in the interview. I'm going to go right back to them. Sure. I, I could get them tatted on my neck. Okay. And it's only two of them. I'd rather you not, but okay. It's a yeah. personal choice. Yeah. Shout out, Alex Mignon. Um, number one. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout out. Number one, work hard. Uh-huh. It's very simple. It's two words. Work hard. Be a good person is number two. Uh-huh. And number three, I guess let's go with be in, a, be in the moment. Live in the moment? Yeah. Be in the I, moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, I mean, you helped me get to that, but like... Um, yeah, those if you if you if you follow those three things, you, you make also you just gotta be like this isn't advice because not something yeah. you can control, but like have a talent in something. Which I feel like everybody does, but it's figuring out what that talent is. And you know who saw me that? J uh Jay Hova, Jay Z. I go to a, a, a concert at Barclays Center back in like mid two thousand teens or whatever, and uh he says, Everyone in this room, Barclays Center. Everyone in this room has genius level talent in something. Whether you're like a woodworker or a fucking mechanist or artist or whatever it is, like everybody has aptitude, mm -hmm. right? It's like figuring out what that is. So maybe that's number four. It's like, you know, figure out what it is that you're good at and like embrace that talent. Yeah. Don't try to force some shit that does like, don't try to shove a round peg through a square hole. I feel you on that. And it's like, so it's like, what is it that you, what is your talent and like embrace that. So that's important too. I dig it. I really respect that. Um, that was a real question. Like, what are you, what is your talent? What is my talent? Yeah. Let's talk about to it. To be honest, my talent. You're a people person for sure. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. But I appreciate you saying that. I think over time I, I figured out that I have a niche recently. I, I, niche? I figured out I have a, <laughs> I don't have an itch, but oh. I have a niche. Is that French niche? For bringing people together. And that's yeah. the thing for me is one way or another, I'm either networking or I'm bringing circles together and it's not a selfish act. It's also not like I'm trying to just, you know, try, oh, how can I get this guy to meet this guy so then I can get, it's just, that's just the world I've, I've built. So being able to decide to go the creative route and go, you know what, let me bring in my friends, my colleagues, uh, acquaintances that I know would be great on this show, would be great on our web series and just have a, a great time and bringing out their stories. It's been a, it's been a blast. Hell yeah. Now what's going to happen with it? Who knows? But at the same time, I'm also not putting any type of uh, pressure on it. I'm just having fun with this and we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, primary, Number one, I'm a bodyguard. I take care of my clients. And then after that, this is just the hobby for right now. So we're just enjoying time. Beautiful. Thank you, man. No. What's your talent? Uh, I don't have any. I don't know what I do. You could draw your motherfucking ass <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, you can draw your motherfucking. You could draw your motherfucking ass off, bro. I seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> I seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're also just really cool, dude. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> um. Question, another one. Here we go. If, and I asked six uh, a couple episodes ago, if you can have a title to your life story, or if there was a movie, like, hey, Justin, we need a title to your movie, what would it be? Uh, oh, man. I know. 
All right, bro. Uh, hot seat. Hot yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just call it momentous. It's like one of my favorite things to say. Just momentous. <laughs> momentous, yeah. Momentous is all about the moments. It's all about creating <laughs> moments. Like, that's the goal. It's just, like, create moments for my kids, create moments for my wife, create moments for myself. Just just live in the moment. Just momentous, man. Momentous. Mm-hmm. Mm. Momentousness. Here we go. And finally, 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 the last and final question is... What would you want to be remembered as? Integrity, man. That's everything. Be a man of your word. Uh, I I would just want everyone to just think about me as somebody who who lived with integrity and, uh, you know, treated people with respect, dignity, and... um, and help them in some way, you know, help the world. It's not just about you, and it's about it's about the the greater good and and uh, humanity, and just help helping people, and you know, being altruistic, other other directed, living with integrity, be a good person. So that's what I would hope people would think about me as somebody that that was helpful and live with integrity. About to fucking weep. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, photographer, videographer, teacher, husband, father, co-manager of Logic. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Hans Fleischer. Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Justin, thank you for being a guest. Juan, thank you for being a co-host. Everybody, thank you guys for listening. If you guys haven't subscribed, please subscribe. And Pep Talk is out. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Smash the like button. Bye. Smash that subscribe. That's a technical foul. (laughs) What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pep Talk. We appreciate you guys so much. We appreciate your support. Please leave more reviews, comments, whatever you want to leave for us to read. We try to read it all and respond as quickly as possible. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Justin for joining us today. You can catch him at JFly. Oh, that's his whole that's his whole Instagram. Damn, that's hard. Thank you, Pep, for having me on your show. I appreciate you so much. Um, you can follow him at BigPep3342. You can follow me at Juan's Arts. And thanks again, as always, to our sponsor, Persistence Culture. You can follow them at Go Persistence Media.